Welcome to this RCL conversation. My name is Bijan, the lead pastor for Reality Church London, and today I am joined by our incredible staff team here at RCL. And the purpose of this conversation is for you, the listener, to have a chance to get to know the staff team better. And here's the reason why we're doing this. You know, the past couple of years, there's been a lot of transition, not just in our world, but also in our church. We've said goodbye to some staff members, and we've also welcomed some new staff members. And we thought this would be an incredible space to take some time to have a conversation so that you can get to know more about the people who are on the staff team of Reality Church London, both to know their roles, what they do on staff, but also just a little bit more about who they are as people and as followers of Jesus, and also as people who love this great city. And so we're going to start by having an introduction, going around the room and hearing who these people are, and a little bit about the roles they have. So to my left, to begin. Uh, so I'm Brittany Dwarnick. I am the Director of Children's Ministry, and I get to work each week with some amazing volunteers, um, with all the children under the age of 11, and we work together to teach more about Jesus. Great. My name is Luke Hamilton. I am an elder at Reality Church London, as well as the director of operations. And I get to do all sorts of fun things behind the scenes. So incognito. <laughs> oh. um, I'm Edward Smith. I am the director of worship at Reality Church. I get to um, help coordinate and oversee all things that might seem like worship at Reality. So whether that is the music on a stage or whether that is... Um, uh, coordinating with the worship leaders or the people who host the service or um, working with uh, Toyin and Isabel um, with the prayer team. So, yeah, it's a massive privilege and I love it. Hi, I'm Marianne Waniki and I'm the Director of Pastoral Care. That means my role is to ensure that as a church, we're truly a church that belong to one another and we extend God's love, care and compassion in our day-to-day -day rhythms and how we do life together. Amazing. Um, my name's George Style. I am the gatherings coordinator, which really says it, um, said it all. I uh, coordinate gatherings, um, whether that's the Sunday service, um, our meetings in Hanbury Hall. I'm sort of overseeing various things of logistics, and I'm also um, help oversee our uh, evangelism ministry at Reality too. Amazing. Thank you. It's important for all of us to recognize that in the staff roles that we have, we're also part of the church family. We also experience our own spiritual nourishment here. We encounter Jesus here. This is our church that we also are nourished by. And so I'd love to hear from each of you about how and when you got connected to Reality Church London. I think, Ed, you're the newest in terms yeah, of attending and being part of the church. So wow, wow, wow. let's start with you. How did you get connected and oh, why were um, you connected to RCL? How did I get connected? Um, I so I joined staff on the first of May of this year. Um, it was I was previously working up at a church in Cambridge called Holy Trinity, um, and I it's a bit of a, a long story, and I'll try and tell it really shortly. But I had a job lined up for the US, um, which fell through because of a visa. Um, and when I was going through a, another round of reapplying for jobs, I think I remember seeing a job. Um, application offer or someone for Reality Church uh, on the first time round. And on the second time round, I was like, oh, I think I remember the website being really trendy and cool. Um, and so I decided to check it out a little bit more. Um, and I think at that time, as I was looking to apply, Reality Church was doing a sermon series on the visions and values of Reality Church, which as a prospective 
uh, staff member, that's actually really useful and helpful. Um, and so um, I thought, I like the sound of this church. Um, and I decided to apply and somehow I blagged it and I've got in. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm here now by contract. <laughs> and here you are. Here, here I am. you are. So you're an example of someone who, and this happens a lot, you actually started coming to our church concurrent with your taking on a staff role, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. And then maybe Marianne and, and also Brittany, you have slightly different stories where you were part of the church and then felt God's call to join the team. And so Marianne, maybe we can start with you. How and when did you get connected to Reality Church London? Yeah, um, it was the 17th of January, 2021, which I believe was your first day sort of officially in post Bijan. Yes, uh, <laughs> my first Sunday via Zoom. <laughs> via Zoom. <laughs> Um, and my husband, Mike, and I uh, were in our previous church for about 10, 11 years. And we just got to a place where we felt that God was calling us to move into a whole new space and to be able to, in a way, breathe life into a whole new community and bring our giftings into that space. But we didn't know where. So we consulted Google uh, and Google uh, showed <laughs> exactly great SEO for Reality Church, right? It came up and we looked around and we thought this looks like a cool church. It's diverse, it's young, it's hip. And we thought like it would be a great move um, to come to reality. And then I sent an email and it was an email saying, hi, we're looking for a church. This is who we are. And literally a couple of hours later, Bijan replied and I was like, oh my gosh, what type of church is this? It's amazing. The pastor replies instantly. Uh, so it was great. That already was like, tick. Um, and then we had a great conversation. Um, it was kind of like an interview, to be honest. We had all these points. And what was beautiful was that we could see that reality really is a church where people can come in their wholeness and feel connected, have fun and learn about Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. And so that was our draw to Reality Church. And we loved having you and Mike as part of the community. And then it was a few months ago, I think, that you actually joined our staff team mm -hmm. as our director of pastoral care. So thrilled to see that kind of deepening sense of leadership and service and yeah. wonderful to see what God has done. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Brittany? You've been a part of the church for a long time. I think almost since we were planted almost. in 2016. Yeah. And uh, now you're on staff. How'd that happen? How'd you get connected initially? Uh, so initially, um, I started off at another church um, and actually all my housemates went to that church um, but one of them her best friend in LA who Tim Chaddock actually married her and uh, her husband uh, had contacted my housemate and said he's doing a church plant in London you have to check it out and so we all went as a house and it was just absolutely incredible the next week was American Thanksgiving and because there's a lot of Americans um, we had this epic Thanksgiving dinner in the top flat of a place in Covent Garden that had this rooftop terrace and it was packed and it was just absolutely incredible. It was just this community sense that I had never felt at any other church and I was in. Uh, that was it. Yeah, that yeah. powerful pull to community, that mm. sense of vibrancy in the community was something that Michelle and I noticed when we were interviewing mm -hmm. for this job way back pre-pandemic. And that has remained, even through all the transition of the past two years. That has been um, one of our strengths and one of the most beautiful things. I hope it's something we continue. But you mentioned American Thanksgiving. Yes. Luke is British, but he loves American Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so over to you. Uh, how did you first get connected to 
Reality Church London? Unfortunately, it wasn't a Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is the best. I truly <laughs> believe it's one of the best holidays more British people should celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I uh, similar story, actually, similar timeline. I um, joined Reality Church London back uh, maybe a few months after the church planted, um, towards the end of 2016, start of 2017. And I um, yeah was here for a year and volunteered on various teams. And then um, I was actually off to Kenya, where I worked for a year. And that's when I had the phone call saying, could I work remotely from Kenya for Reality Church London, managing the finances? Uh, came back from Kenya and then have been on staff now for... Uh, I think full-time, four going on five years. Um, and yeah, such a joy, such a privilege. Get to hang out with these great guys. Yeah, earlier you said you do some stuff behind the scenes, and mm. that's the biggest understatement of, <laughs> of the year. Uh, you, you hold so much together, and I know I speak on behalf of the whole team and the whole church when I say how grateful we are for you. And George, how about you? You're a theological student. You're preparing for pastoral ministry, but you're also on staff. How and when did you get connected to RCL? Yeah, so fairly similar time frame, um, fairly early on. I didn't grow up a Christian, um, but grew up in London. And so when I moved back to London uh, after my final year of university, having become a Christian uh, there, I was sort of looking for church and did the usual church search thing that we've all kind of been on. Um, But the church I was at at the time, I remember reality was being planted and we prayed for the church plant as it was planted. Um, and I remember kind of hearing God say to me, you should, you should go, you should go to that. Um, and, uh, so I, in my classic stubbornness just thought, nah, uh, I've got a plan. I'll figure it out. I'm going to try this one, this one, this one. Um, anyway, so I was at a different church a little while later, um, heard Tim Chaddock, who was the pastor at the time, um, come preach, got chatting to him after he said, you should come. And I'm like, Fine, I'll come this time. Um, and I was just, yeah, jumped on, brought into the community um, and loved it. And that was, yeah, that was early January 2017. Okay, amazing. It's really fun to hear about the different ways that God's brought us because all the people who attend our church, just like us as staff, have these beautiful stories of how God has brought people into our community. And so it's something to really celebrate and thank God for. Now, one of the things that I think is important for us to acknowledge as staff is that we lead and serve others out of the overflow of what God is doing in our lives. One of the things that I loved about the reality family of churches, this is now going back 10 or 15 years, but when I first encountered this church family, one of the lines that they used to repeat over and over again was ministry flows out of intimacy. We can only give to others what we are experiencing ourselves in terms of being renewed by grace. And so maybe, Marianne, I can start with you. I'd love to hear, as you go through challenging times, as you go through seasons of hardship and suffering, maybe even times where God feels far away, what are verses in Scripture or what are themes in the Bible that you turn to to find spiritual nourishment and encouragement? What kind of renews your own soul in those hard moments? Yeah, I feel like life is always throwing some sort of challenge every day. Um, I notice in myself that I, I'm a perfectionist, so I tend to look inwards and put pressure on myself to be better or blame. Um, and so I find that Proverbs uh, 3 verses 4 to 5, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll set your path straight. 
that is something that I always use because it's the idea that God is bigger than me. I can trust him. I don't need to trust myself. I don't need to put the pressure on myself. And actually, he can create that straight path in the fogginess of whatever my situation is. Um, so that often is the scripture that I go to, um, which definitely I would say. And then also, I think recognizing that, you know, just thinking about my own react natural response to, to challenges, like I said, I look into myself. I sort of try to encourage myself to think about others as well. Um, and what I really love is 2 Corinthians um, uh, 1, verses 3 to 4, that says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And what's really beautiful about that is we know, it makes me recognize that we go through tough seasons, but there's learning that can come from it. And through that learning and that pouring of God's spirit, we can then go and fill others who are in need as well. So it's that real reciprocity in that process of giving. And so I'd say those are the two things that really shape me <laughs> in difficult times. Yeah. Maybe, Ed, I can ask you, as someone who's often on stage leading others in worship, what are yep. some practices that you've developed in your own spiritual life, not just verses of Scripture per se, although mm -hmm. you could certainly reference those, but the habits of your day or the habits of your week where you get into the presence of God yourself, kind of your spiritual rhythms of seeking God, encountering Him, um, self-care, sort mm -hmm. of, you know, practicing good boundaries and work-life balance, all those kinds of things, so... Walk us through maybe a day in the life of the a worship day leader. Day in the right? life of Ed. Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, well, this is where I, get, oh, I wake up at four thirty in the morning. I don't. I wish I did. Um, I think my days will. I always try and start off my day um, with a quiet time. Um, I just think a. It's really important, and I well. I really actually want to ask the first part of the question really before I look at the day because um, as you were introducing that you said like this flows out of intimacy with Jesus mm -hmm. and there is both a sense that there's a duty to my ministry that I am trying to have that intimacy with Jesus but there's also a beauty in that it's not just mm -hmm. this like oh dutiful drudgery mm -hmm. that I have to get close to Jesus so then I can actually lead people and worship on a Sunday no 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 it's like there is so much joy in um, spending time with the God who knows me. And so I also really notice in my day where I maybe don't spend as much time in my devotion that it's, and I mean this seriously, that I probably get a bit more angry a bit quicker or I lose um, patience or I just get frustrated, not with something, but just with myself a lot quicker. Um, and so because of that, I, as I said, I try to start my day with... Um, scripture reading um at the moment i'm trying to journal um, the scriptures that i read as well so like i will um read the parts of the bible i'll pray over it and then to finish off i'll just write a short page of just like what i read um where jesus is in that um and just try and connect those two things um but then also hey i think it doesn't you don't just close the bible and that's your time done with god right he is um within all things and in all him all things hold together and so he is so able to be a part of every area of my life. So whether that's I'm on the train coming down to um, London, Liverpool Street to come to this lovely little downstairs office or um, I'm on my bicycle, I'm, it's um, 
an act of trying to look to Jesus, um, but the, uh, with the eyes of my heart, not with my actual eyes, otherwise I might fall off my bike. Um, and that would be, I know, I know, exactly. Um, but yeah, so those probably be the main things. It'd be the morning Bible study and then just the praying, trying to pray throughout the day. Yeah. You've given us a good sense that following Jesus is very much a all day, all week experience, yeah. not just a Sunday morning thing. And it very much is impacted by our temperaments, our schedules, our backgrounds, and the things that we're going through. And so, Brittany, I wanted to ask you, you're now on staff at RCL, you're running our kids' ministry, doing a great job, but you come from a background that was also pretty intense, um, healthcare and nursing. Um, And I'm just curious what that transition has been like, not just in terms of your day-to-day job, but also the ways you're caring for yourself spiritually, ways that you're nourishing your own walk with God and what the transition has been like as you've made that big career shift relatively recently? Oh, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) It has been very incredibly different, yet not a challenging different. It was, it's really hard to explain because I've done 12 hour shift work days and nights um, for 16 years. And, um, I had really recognized in the last couple of years that my, like I was very spiritually dry because I think of that. And, um, you can't have a routine in anything because sometimes you're going to bed at nine o'clock in the morning. And anytime I would try to implement some type of a routine of um, prayer time or um, scripture reading, it would be thrown off within that week. Um, So that is something that I have just really, really treasured um, with this new season of not doing shift work. A little more schedule manageable oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. i'm a morning person what when do you get when do you get up in the morning actually not as early as you um but i am like, a 4 30 person wow <laughs> um i'm usually just naturally awake at 6 30 mm. i set my alarm for like 7 30 just in case but i never need it oh wow it's crazy it's like I a lion know. it's really lovely <laughs> Or it's like the lion or like Oliver, my two-month-old. <laughs> he just gets up when he gets up. He's the best. He actually sleeps really well. We're very fortunate. And he's so cute. Do you guys want to know all about Oliver? Because I could Always easily just talk about Oliver. him. Just teasing. Just teasing. Like, yeah. Just teasing. He's a special guest. We have him here now. <laughs> oh, so you much, would but... you would already know if Oliver was here. He'd be making his beautiful little sounds. Um, Luke, I was going to ask you, um, in some ways you've been part of the church, and certainly most involved in the leadership of the church for the longest. So here we are at this moment that is in some ways a transition moment. We kind of feel like maybe the worst of the pandemic and that transition is behind us. So as you look forward, both in your role as director of operations, but also as an elder, what are some of your hopes for the church? What are some of the hopes that you have for our community as you look forward? Yeah, good question. These are all good questions. You've done a lot of preparation. This is good. Um, I would say my answer to that question would be um, a careful balance between knowing that God is doing a new thing and that there is um, a need to prepare the nets and to uh, explore and to innovate and to look forward and to 
create all things new, but also at the same time, we're at a point now where we're six years old, coming up in the September, and um, there's a lot that God's taught us and a lot that we've learned, a lot of good foundations that have been built. So I think the hope is that we would um, not move forward too quickly, that we ignore those foundations, but just really discern what has God done, what is he doing, and what might he do in the future in a really healthy balance. Um, and I think my my hopes and desires look a little bit specifically to my role, which is um, to see the church's vision operationalize superbly, which is where we're not saying no to things because of um, certain bits that could have been avoided, whether that's legal reasons, financial reasons, um, HR reasons, having the right people power, having the right SEO to uh, do things. So I think having um, the operations that then match the church vision is the dream. Um, and I think as a team such as this, we often um, joke that we um, call each other the dream team, but it really is such a joy to be doing ministry with you all. And I think the hope is as we grow and expand, we continually challenge each other internally as a staff team, but always do that um, alongside the rest of the congregation. And as an entire church, we dream and discern what comes next and what the future looks like um, and together do church in London in 2022 plus and I think we're all um, in a boat where we're not sure what's around the corner I think COVID's taught us that and I think the best we can do is to uh, best steward uh, best love and best um, prepare the nets for what God has in store yeah I know I speak on behalf of the whole team but that word you just used steward like how do we steward what God has given us and what God is doing and I think we all feel that way but also just an incredible sense of gratitude I think mm -hmm. a staff we're aware that we get to be a part of a church that God has brought leaders and volunteers and members and attendees who have been such a joy to do life with and such a joy to serve with. And so we feel very much kind of in awe, so privileged that God has given us an opportunity to have as part of our job um, the leadership and the sort of encouragement of a community that is so vibrant here in the city. Um, one thing I wanted to ask before I shift to what I'm going to call lightning round, which will be some fun questions about you in London, but I thought it'd be fun to reflect, maybe George, I can start with you um, on this one. Uh, you know, I talk to people in our church from time to time who want to love God, who want to serve him, but then also sometimes don't. They sometimes feel like their spiritual disciplines are waning, their passion for God isn't there. And I think it's easy to feel like, oh, the Christians who are up on stage, the staff, they're super spiritual. They've got it all figured out. They know what they're doing. And actually, that's not always true. And so it might be fun for the congregation to hear you all as staff reflect on, do you go through dry seasons? How do you navigate spiritually dry and spiritually depressing seasons? How do you guys think about that? So George, maybe over to you for some reflection. Yeah, I mean, just to echo that, you know, just because somebody's on stage with a microphone does not mean they are in any way sort of having it all together. Um, we, we, we all need our, our same savior um, and praise God that he meets us there. Uh, so yeah, I definitely have um, dry seasons. I'm studying theology uh, at the moment to sort of head in towards a, uh, like a full-time vocational pastoral ministry role. Um, and those kind of spiritual dry seasons can, can be make that tough um i guess for me it comes down to the sort of building in those healthy rhythms and routines i 
like like um, we've heard from Ed, I love starting my day with God's word because it's that kind of it's like my, me putting my glasses on for the day. Um, it's like me helping me see the rest of my day through God's perspective. Um, and then and then it's just recognizing that the Christian faith is one of of, of trust, of of reliance. And if I'm feeling particularly empty or particularly uh, like dry to, to use your word then um it's sort of knowing that god is with within like w- with me in that um and just going through walking in trust in faith um regardless of what i can or can't see or feel um in the moment and i think that the most powerful of those is uh, of those kind of disciplines within that is um community it's doing doing life. I mean, we, we said that community was a massive draw for us all when we came to, probably when we came to faith, but um, but also when we sort of started coming to Reality Church London. Um, and I know that I have in this room right now brothers and sisters that will um, walk with me through those um, through those ups and downs. But also, I can surround myself through my community group, which is awesome, through various other ways. And Sunday service, yeah, the Sunday service is a great one to sort of have that as a starting point. But that community is probably a really strong one too. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I just have to really echo that. Um, I had a challenging couple of years, partially from COVID, um, being um, a nurse in an A&E in London, and then some of my own uh, personal struggles, and I could not have got through it without the uh, support and encouragement of my community from reality. Absolutely. So grateful. Yeah, I think it's helpful to acknowledge that a pretty normal part of spiritual life is going through dry, hard seasons, so going through those seasons is not a sign of spiritual weakness or um, that you've done something wrong, um, but it's actually about how do we walk through those seasons together. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important that we say that, that we talk about that to kind of normalize that experience of spiritual dryness that we as staff go through, that leaders and members and anyone in a spiritual journey, anyone seeking God will experience at one time or another. Many of the Psalms are written from these spiritually dry places, and they're written by the people who were the most spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. So spiritual maturity is not never going through those really hard seasons, but it's what you do and how you face those seasons in which you're drawing closer to God, even when he feels really far away. Okay, I'm going to shift gears a tiny bit, and we're going to do some lightning round. And this is fun because we love London. Our ministry is happening in the city. We are people who are for the city, and we just absolutely we delight in the city. We love being here. So lightning round is going to be a little bit about London. So Ed, I'm going to start with you. Yes. You're the newest to London. Yeah. I don't know. Can I answer these questions? <laughs> I don't well, know. we're going to try. In London. We're okay. going to try. Yet. Yet. What's the best coffee you've had so far in London? Oh, um, the. Well, I know what you want me to answer, and um, it is a good coffee, Clemson Coffee Roasters. I think the best one I've had is Store Street. It's. Um, just on London, by London Liverpool Street Station on that like main road. Stall um, Street? Store Street. I've never had um, Stall Street. It is, it's so close, it's by... Everybody's going to be hunting that one down now. No, it's honestly, it's um, it's by the Nat West on the corner by the offices. I don't know, that, that might make no sense for people listening in, but 
There's a Nat West on the corner by where the office is. Um, <laughs> and there's a little coffee shop called Store Street Coffee. Street. And it is lovely jubbly. And you know it's a good coffee shop because I think there is an inverse correlation between the size of the coffee shop and the quality of the coffee. So like the worse yeah. the coffee establishment, as in terms of yeah. building, the better the coffee there will be. Because it can't, it can't lull you in with, well, we've got really nice comfy chairs. It's like... That's the top tip. People say about this Yeah, exactly. So shabby location, great coffee. It's, well, it's a good location, but it's just the building's <laughs> really, really small. Yeah. So it's, it's really a takeaway place. Um, but that's my theory. You heard it here first, friends. <laughs> Marianne, what is one of the best dining experiences you've ever had in London? Oh my gosh, what a question. A um, question. I just find that everywhere I go is an amazing dining experience. Um, but funny enough, I really like, and this sounds quite basic, but there's a place called Brother Marcus. Mm. And I love the fact that there's variety. So you've got the option where you can choose what you want, you know, basic, or you can decide to let Brother Marcus choose for you. And so if you go for the Brother Marcus option, um, they will choose a selection of different meals for you and it comes as a surprise. And what's really nice is that it allows you to step out of your comfort zone and try something that you wouldn't have otherwise ordered. So it's a great, um, great place to go, especially as a group. Uh, you will have great conversations and amazing food and it's all about curiosity, curiosity, eating something new, finding out something new about the person you are eating with. Um, and it's all for an affordable price. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are we sponsored by Brother Marcus? <laughs> I'll, I get 10%. <laughs> I would really struggle with that. Yeah. I, <laughs> no. We're learning a lot about the differences and the personalities of our staff during this conversation. Luke, many people may not know that you are, well, you have had in your background actually some kind of being a chef. I think you no. did a little bit of work, even professionally, anybody as a who's chef. Had his, anybody who's I know, if you've eaten his food, like you know that. That's not a surprise. So how about His you? Pancakes, ladies and Dining gentlemen. experiences in London. What are some of the places you'd dining recommend experience. or wow. top tips? I would say, so I love a dining experience with a little sense of adventure or something different. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a few uh, speakeasies where you can kind of go for a dining experience alongside some kind of quirky... Um, something different. I think yeah. it's amazing that we live in a city where there is just anything and everything, dining experience or theatre or um, art out there. And I just love to try and combine the two. So I think my favourite ever dining experience in London was I did something with a good friend uh, a few years ago called The Secret Cinema. And I'm sure many have heard of it, but it, uh, we went to the Casino Royale Secret Cinema, James Bond, wow. one of my favourite all-time movies. And we were all in tuxedos oh. and you sit down and have this meal and they're reenacting car chase scenes around you and you have to walk around. At one point I got arrested um, in an airport in this world. And oh, then, good, good yeah, just to clarify, yeah. it was a super cinema. <laughs> and um, it was just great. It was like theater and food and experience. And yeah, I think it'd be hard to beat that one. And I also like to think I am James Bond sometimes. So well, there is it takes a lot of boxes. There is? There is. This is how I make the announcement yes, that it is me. On the RCM podcast. Yes. <laughs> we can't give that one away. Let's move on. Yes, we can't spoil that one. Brittany, you love to cycle. You were a cycler around the city, and that means you see a lot of the city, and you see, you know, our city is filled with great parks. Do you have a favorite park or a favorite green space in London? Oh, there are lots of good ones, definitely. Hampstead Heath. Um, <laughs> 
Actually, I have never been to Ham City. No. Wow. I know. I'm a part of the community group, <laughs> and I haven't been there yet. Uh, but that's because I live south of the river. <laughs> um, so I would actually have to probably say Battersea mm. is one of my mm. favorites. Um, it's ridiculously close to where I live, um, and I don't utilize it enough. Uh, it's just got amazing trees that just overhang and lakes that you can go and do like little pedal boating on. And or something else you love to do I on lakes. I would love to put my paddleboard on there, but I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed. <laughs> Brittany is a professional paddleboarder. Do you have a paddleboard? I have a paddleboard, oh. absolutely, yeah. Ooh. And you have a yeah. surfboard in Hawaii. I do. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> yes, we're very far from Hawaii right now, yes. but... Nonetheless, you have it. You have it. That's great. George, you are a longtime Londoner. I think, are you the only one who grew up here? I think mm-hmm. you are. Is that true? I, Marianne, maybe? I grew up here from two. Oh, so you also grew up mm-hmm. here. So Marianne and George, you guys can fight this one out. Favorite tube line in London? Oh. That's easy. Northern mm. line. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Really? Well, it, I agree. Why? Why? It's because... They're all hot. No, some have, some, no, no, no. Some have aircon. Oh no, but I mean those ones don't count. Why don't they count? Because they're always late. Oh. Like the, the yeah, circle. So what's the your district. reason for it then? It gets to where I want to go. <laughs> well, you grew up Purely in Hampstead, so there's that, right? It, it did. It, that was the one that went to Hampstead. So to clarify. No, I just think it's really useful how it just connects, like vertically. You can get into the center. You can get out and various directions yeah I like that efficient what what would you say Marianne you've also grown up here I would say the Victoria line because it's not a long line um, and it gets you to core parts of London it goes from north to south and a little bit east and west in the middle and you can get to pretty much anywhere and most of the tube stops have another connection point so you are barely ever going to be stuck anywhere if you are on the Vicky line boom (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't. You all can't see this, but it's actually getting intense in here between <laughs> between Marianne and George as we're talking about. So I'm going to change the subject, friends. Let me ask you this final question as we sort of steer our conversation to its close. Um, as you guys think about your hopes and dreams for our community, but also specifically the ministries that you lead, the specific areas that you oversee at Reality Church London. What's something that you would love other people to be joining you in prayer for? Something that you'd love to have members and leaders in our church say, yeah, we can be praying for that as we hope to see these things come to pass in our church maybe over the next year. So George, maybe I'll start with you and uh, we can go around the room this way. It's a great question um, because our, because God is just doing so much in our church and I think it's beautiful. Um, but I guess directly relating to the, the ministries I'm involved in at RCL, I, we say sometimes from the front, we talk about the, the power of invitation um, to just join us, to, to come in um, and, and that there's no sort of separation, those outside, those inside. We, we, we just want to be a, continually a church that just invites others in. Um, and I guess my, my prayer is that we continue to grow in what that means. We continue to realize the power of invitation, um, to whether it's getting people to know Jesus or um, getting involved in, in teams or um, into community, uh, group, like even just inviting someone out for coffee or for lunch. Um, 
it's you know it's a big thing or or a very very small thing and and i i think it just has a lot of power for just building a beautiful flourishing community so that that's my prayer and that's yeah something i'd love us to really double down on love that and i think that links so beautifully to what i will say in terms of yeah that power of invitation so once people have come in that they feel that rcl is home right mm -hmm. they can relax and they can be themselves they can be genuine um with all their flaws and all their strengths and that we are a church that can receive people in their wholeness um and as a church community we seek to love and care for one another and as a church community we are a genuine church community where when on sunday we say how was your week people can say ah actually i don't think i had a really good week can we just chat about it and people are like yeah let's talk about it let's grab a coffee i'm here for you and so i guess my my real passion and desire for rcl is that everyone comes to church um throughout the week, you know, uh, that they feel that our community is saying that we see you, um, we hear you, and we are here with you. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, gosh, um, I would love, and I would love to keep seeing passionate praise um, being at the center of what we do and i think it really ties into what we've been talking about especially about the recognition that um god is always there god is always part of our daily lives and so that means we can bring our passionate prayer even times that we feel a bit dry and a bit tough um where maybe the kids have been up crying all night and struggling to get to sleep but actually we get to come to sunday knowing that we don't have to just drop the bags off at the door but we get to bring them to the throne room we get to bring them and drop them at jesus feet um and then with that i think um and maybe this would be the prayer that um in ezekiel i think it's 37 it talks about where after the temple there's a river that flows out of the back of the temple and it's where that river flows everything it touches it brings life to and i actually think there's something so beautiful in the fact that our praise and our worship flows into the rest of our week and so maybe it'd be a prayer for us to um ask the lord to show us where the things it's bringing life to maybe seeing the fruit of our prayer and our praise and our worship um just because then i think it will just help connect the two mm. being like the worship on the sunday leads to this beautifying of the workplace or creation or our friends and families or relationships so yeah wow now i've got to try and follow that <laughs> beautiful <laughs> to write that down um it's on a podcast <laughs> can listen to it where can i find it uh, rcl slash conversations <laughs> close enough okay close enough. Um, great yeah I, I i think i would echo all of those answers um obviously but um i think in in vain of trying to be a bit different i would say there's probably three r's that sum up my answer and maybe i've been in ministry too long when everything is in threes and has a bit of alliteration uh, but my hope and prayer is that um as we've already said that everyone in the church um and when i say that i mean every single person physical human um 
in church, whether it's staff or a leader or a volunteer or someone brand new is real. That's the first one, that they can walk into a space and feel they are free to be exactly themselves and that it's a space where we're all honest with each other um, when things are great, when things are tough um, and everything in between. The second one would be to be incredibly reliant that in everything we do, whether it's every pound that comes in, every opportunity we have to spread the good news across the city, to be um, not reliant on our skill or history or ability or how long we've done something or how new it is, but just to be reliant on the spirit and reliant on Christ, that he is our provider, he is our counsel, and it's his church and we're a part of it. And how beautiful is that? Um, and then, yeah, real reliant. And then the third one is relational. And I think that's more of a kind of outward looking one of it's easy for us to be real and reliant inwardly, but then never to um, be relational with the many thousands upon hundreds of thousands that between us as a church, we sit next to you on the tube and um, meet in the hairdressers and um, see on the bus. And my hope is that we can be incredibly relational with all those that we see so that we um, can share the good news in a way that is, um, yeah, really relational to all we meet and never um, something that we feel um, guilted to do or obliged to do or forced to do, but it's such a joy to be in relation with all in this beautiful city. Three R's. You've got to be different. What could you think of? Um, I'm going to go with three B's. Yes. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my biggest hope um, and prayer for this ministry is that as a team, we're really deeply embedding in these children this knowledge that they are so deeply loved by Christ. Mm -hmm that is our main goal Um, and whether that's through reading scriptures together or playing a game of hangman (laughs) Um, there's so many different ways and at different developmental stages so it's just going to be a a journey Um, and just being able to watch these kids go from being these little toddlers and watching them grow in their faith as they move on into youth and then into our uh, big adult services. It's just something that's just going to be incredible to witness. Um, Just, yeah, that is my, that is my dream. Well, we thank you for listening to this RCL conversation as we're getting to know the staff team and those prayer requests that you just heard, please, we invite you to join in. Um, though we do have roles as staff, we know that we are a family as a church. Mm-hmm. And actually, what we do on a Sunday, what we do during the week and our jobs is meant to equip the whole church to actually be about the mission that God has called us to be on, which is to love and serve and see gospel renewal in this city. So we're here to love and serve you as you fulfill your ministry to be Christ's representatives throughout London. And we do our job with incredible joy and gratitude for you. If you want to get to know any of these staff people better, you can certainly find more information and contact info on our website. But we would love to continue to get to know you, even as you get to know us. We are so thankful for you and for your time and listening to this conversation. So thanks. We'll be back with you soon. I'll be the poem. Sounds good, George. Still recording.
Yeah. 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 Yeah.